Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, May 18th. S&P futures are rallying 44 points. That is 1.5%. Europe is rallying about 2% across the board for the major indices. Asia saw a green overnight, although it wasn't nearly as strong as Europe and the U.S. so far. And there were some pockets of underperformance, including India. Um, so a little inexplicable as far as what is driving this move, in my opinion. Um, you know, the major wires are citing, quote unquote, reopening optimism and quote unquote oil gains, which is essentially the same as saying there is no reason for the rally. Um, in terms of reopening that, you know, again, you are seeing the announcements continue. You're seeing Europe and the U S reopen. This is something that everyone should have known by now, given that we've seen weeks and weeks and weeks of announcements and they've laid out schedules, et cetera. Nothing is occurring contrary to the schedules that have been laid out. So the big news for the U.S. is the auto industry today in Detroit. Plants are going to start reopening. Again, this is very consistent. The companies have outlined this weeks ago. Um, Apple over the weekend yesterday said that it it will be opening some more of its U.S. stores this week. Again, very consistent with what it's been saying in the past. So there is nothing in my view that's incremental on reopening. And again, it is certainly encouraging to see the process take place. But I think the market... Um, and the market is doing this to an extent, but there still is, I think, too much. Um, people are conflating too much reopening with normalization. It's normalization that will drive economic growth and earnings, et cetera, um, not just the reopening. So the reopening is the easy part. The next, you know, the difficult part will be normalization. And that is still a big unknown. Um, you know, as far as oil, oil certainly has had a, a very impressive ra- rally off of its lows. Um, you know, again, nothing too incremental on that part. You saw aggressive cuts from all of the OPEC plus countries, including in, and then beyond, including in the U.S. as well. Um, and you're seeing, you know, some indications that demand is improving. Um, but I don't necessarily, you know, again, there's nothing incremental in terms of the last 72 hours to justify the move in oil other than, um, you know, the same momentum that collapsed prices a couple of weeks ago or, or is now working um, in the opposite direction. A couple of other items for this morning. Powell's interview on 60 Minutes. Um, you know, I, I have the link to the transcript in the Vital Dawn this morning. Um, you know, his message, I did not think cha- its message did not change at all. His message has been very consistent um, for the last couple of weeks. I know people accuse him of being overly negative on Wednesday. Um, you know, he gave this 60 minutes interview, by the way, on Wednesday. So it's not like something that was conducted on Sunday. This is not, you know, a quote unquote makeup session for him to correct what he said on Wednesday. The messaging was very similar. Um, you know, again, he if you read his commentary about the recovery, um, it's very consistent with what he said on Wednesday. Um, and he, you know, he even said that it could stretch into the end of 2021. He doesn't think necessarily that it will really take hold until you see a vaccine hit the market. Um, you know, and he also committed to uh, doing more if needed. And again, this is something every Fed official has said. Um, and he also again pushed back on negative rates in the U.S. So, in my opinion, I don't think Powell really shifted at all um, his commentary or view. So that I have a difficult time um, citing that for the rally this morning. The Fed's financial stability report, which was published Friday at 4 p.m., um, you know, not terribly incremental. But I think the tone was relatively somber just as far as the outlook for asset prices. 
um, you know, essentially implying that they're already assuming a relatively healthy recovery, um, even though there are still tremendous risks on the horizon. Merkel and Macron uh, will be holding a a uh, phone call today to discuss a variety of topics, including the creation of a recovery fund for the EU. This is something that has been in the European press for a couple of weeks. Um, so again, I think you know you are seeing "quote unquote" European stimulus headlines this morning, but I would just caution and push back a little bit that it's not really incremental, um, and it's still also very vague. Um, you know, I think it's still very much in the nascent stages of of actually coming uh, into being and and forming. So there's still you know a couple of months ahead, I think, before you start to see some of these European initiatives actually get implemented. The Chinese National People's Congress kicks off later this week on the 22nd. Um, you know, for the last several weeks, there's been anticipation, chatter, speculation, et cetera, about stimulus measures that China could unveil. Um, you'll probably see a lot of the same kind of um, platitudes mentioned by China as far as how they will take further action and be more, quote unquote, flexible on fiscal monetary policy. But I think they're going to continue along their same path of making minor tweaks to various different policy steps rather than unleashing this kind of 2008-like um, shock and awe uh, stimulus wave. I mean, clearly they are uh, concerned about asset prices and and debt sustainability in the country, and also they're all you know they've seen a recovery already. So I don't know why at this point in time they kind of ratchet up stimulus. So I think it's going to be more of the same from China, um, but that is coming out the twenty second. Uh, that starts on the twenty second rather. So you are going to probably see a lot more headlines over the next couple of days into that. On the economic front today. You had a couple of data points out of Asia. They were better than expected. So uh, Japanese GDP, Thailand's GDP, uh, China new home prices. You know, again, that alone does not justify a rally. The numbers are relatively minor in the grander scheme of economic data, um, usually not terribly meaningful or, or important. In the U.S., the White House is going to make changes to the PPP. This is something that has been kind of floated in the press for the last several weeks. Um, essentially just making the money more flexible for small for, for small businesses to use. Um, as things stand now, small businesses can have to spend about 70% of the money to payroll, and they have to utilize the money in, in a specific period of time. So the companies will have more flexibility as to what the money can be used for. Um, again, it's a, it's a positive. It's a small positive for small businesses. Um, it should help increase PPP demand. But you know, hardly anything, um, you know, hardly enough to justify a rally this morning. In terms of broader fiscal stimulus in the U.S., the House passed its three trillion dollar bill Friday, as is widely expected. Um, and again, that kind of forms the basis for negotiations between Democrats and Republicans. Although there really are not substantive talks occurring right now, um, I think Republicans are waiting to see how things unfold over the coming weeks. Um, I think a fifth bill is very likely, but it's going to take some time. Um, you know, you are seeing for the first time in this whole process pushback on a deficit front. So it will likely be in June before you see this bill get passed. And it's probably going to be at least a trillion dollars less than the House uh, two tr- uh, three trillion bill. So that remains to be seen. Um, on U.S. China markets are relatively calm, uh, despite the news that we saw, especially the Huawei decision from the Commerce Department Friday morning. Um, for the most part, the assumption is right now that this is just a function of the campaign. Um, this is part of Trump's reelection bid. Um, you know, hawkishness towards China is is very much an issue that is that is popular. So investors kind of view it more as a political stunt more than an actual policy decision. Um, I, I agree with that for the for now, but I do think that there are certainly going to be risks attached to this. 
Um, you know, you saw one over this morning where Taiwan Semi apparently has cut off Huawei from new orders. Um, you know, Taiwan Semi is a huge supplier of chips to Huawei. So depending on if this is just a brief temporary move or if this escalates further, um, you know, a couple of White House officials spoke to the press trying to downplay the uh, Commerce Department move. Um, you know, again, so I, I don't think it's necessarily anything to to be too alarmed about just yet, but this is certainly going to be an, an incremental overhang, the U.S.-China relationship going forward. And, and you know, if Taiwan Semi keeps Huawei cut off, that is going to be a major deal for Huawei, um, just given that the semiconductor manufacturing capabilities in China are not nearly as advanced as what Taiwan Semi um, can provide. There were a few travel-related items out of Europe this morning that people are getting excited about. So Accor, uh, which is a French hotel company, just said it's seeing signs of recovery, very vague, did not provide any details or commentary. You know, a lot of hotel companies have said they're seeing signs of recovery. Um, but if you actually then look at the numbers they provide, it, it's nothing to get excited about. So, you know, I think Accor, the fact that they didn't provide numbers is almost making the announcement more positive than I'm sure if we saw the specifics around it, um, it would be. Ryanair reported earnings. Um, you know, they, they're guiding for losses to decline going forward. Um, and people are, are getting a little bit excited about that, but you know, hardly anything to be, um, you know, hardly anything to be all that impressed about. Um, the DOJ Google lawsuit news that hit at about four fifteen Friday after uh, Friday Friday afternoon. Um, you know, certainly, I think that's a big overhang on the market. Obviously, SuperCap Tech has been a critical pillar for the entire tape. Um, I think everyone knew for months now that there were various different regulatory overhangs on all of super cap tech, including Google, Facebook, Apple, and Amazon. Um, I don't think anyone really assumed that you'd see a full-blown DOJ-led antitrust lawsuit against Google. It's still, um, and there still is a couple of weeks or months left to reach a settlement. Um, you know, the report suggested that the lawsuit would not be filed until the summer at some point. Um, but again, I think this is definitely something that could that will undermine um, again what has been a critical pillar for the whole tape with super cap tech stocks. The market this morning doesn't seem to be paying too much attention to it, but that's certainly something uh, to be watching going forward. Um, you know, my views on the market are still the same. I still think twenty eight hundred is a neutral level on the risk reward front. I think anything above there should be faded, um, including this morning's rally, especially given that there's just no real reason for it. Um, you know, I will acknowledge that this tape is very, very, very resilient. The default mode seems to be to rally. This tape has a very difficult time sustaining losses. Um, it's a lot easier for it to rally than to come for sale in terms of the magnitude of news. Um, even the smallest glimmers of hope can spark a very robust rally, whereby actual negative news um, is shrugged off after a couple of days. Um, but nevertheless, I still think that, you know, you should be fading this rather than chasing it higher. Um, I have a broader paragraph on on drugs and vaccines in the piece today. Um, you know, there was news out on Friday about a company claiming to have "quote unquote" cured coronavirus. I think that's a very disingenuous statement on their part. Um, you know, I think that the, again, some of the narratives around drugs and vaccines just need to be tempered um, as far as the timing in terms of when these things are going to come to market, when you could have actual um, immunity throughout the population in the U.S. in terms of having enough and enough product manufactured and actually taken by people, et cetera. So um, again, I, I, I think the market has become a little bit, again, uh, too enthused when it comes to that topic. So that's everything for today. A little bit long-winded. Um, on the calendar for this week, the big focus is going to be on retail earnings and then a couple of tech names. But tomorrow morning, you have Walmart, Kohl's, and Home Depot. 
Uh, Powell and Mnuchin will both, both be testifying tomorrow. Again, I, I don't, you're not going to get an incremental message from them. Um, flash PMIs for May on Thursday morning. This will be a very big, important data point for the month of May. It does look like, based on what we saw last week um, in the Empire manufacturing, that you are going to see an improvement in May versus April. Um, but again, you're still talking, you know, this gets to the whole linearity theme where you're, you saw a growth trough in the, in the, the opening weeks of April and things have recovered since, but you're still looking at steep, steep year and year declines. Uh, so that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.